Let's try this one out. Can I get an amen? amen? Oh, thank you, church. Please stand. We're going to read a gospel here in just a moment. But before we do that, you know, down through the ages, the church has had this statement that they've made that just reflects the enormity of why we're gathered here today. Back in the first century, all down through the ages and across the world today where brothers and sisters in Jesus are gathered Someone would say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. And then the body of Christ echoes back, 
He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's try this out. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Amen, amen. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, the first eight verses. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning. We give you thanks for Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross to take away the sins of the world. Lord, we know this morning that we come to you humbled, knowing we are all sinners and that we all have burdens and, and fears and everything else that we just need to lay at the foot of the cross where Jesus was because we know he'll take up for us. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the worship service we have as well as uh, our fellowship time together. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen.
of thorns on your head was placed, mocked and flogged to show disgrace. The cross you bore was burdened with our shame. Our sins would drive those nails in you. That rugged cross was our cross too. Still every breath it drew was hallelujah. Boys and girls, come on up front. It's time for the kids' message. Make your way on up here. You can find a seat up here on the floor. Yeah, come on up. Well, as you come up, we're going to say the Easter greeting. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. All right, good job. Well, I don't know what you get for Easter in your Easter basket or Easter gifts, but I got a piece, or a, I got some gum, some double mint. Do you guys like gum? Yeah. yeah. Can you have some? Sure, come on up here. I've, well, not everybody, but you. Here, stand here beside me. I, I've got five pieces, so I can give up. You want to come on up? You come up. Let's see. Okay, come on up. Yep. You. So that's three. Here, stand beside me. One more. Ellie, come on up. 
All right, so there we go. Have you ever had double mint? Do you like double mint gum? It's pretty good. Let's open it up here because it's not, it's not polite to eat something and not share, is it? So I'll share with you guys. There we go. All right, and when I give you a piece of gum, you can go ahead and start chewing it. Stay right there. Stay up here, and you can start chewing the gum, okay? All right, there you go. There you go. Stay right here. Wait just a second. All right. How is it? Do you like it? Is it good? Where's where'd it go? Did you swallow it? You're not supposed to swallow gum. Did you? Well, let me check mine. Mine's empty too. What happened? Oh, Noah's right. Well, that's a bummer. What kind of Easter gift is that? I don't, well, I'm really sorry. I guess you guys can have a seat now. Maybe the Easter bunny ate it. Maybe. Yeah. All right. You can go ahead and have a seat. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't have any gum for it. I thought I had. That's, huh. That's really a bummer, isn't it? Hey, you know what? That's kind of like what that first Easter Sunday was like. Because you know what? Jesus died on the cross, and they laid him in a tomb. They buried him in a tomb. And then on Sunday, the disciples went back. And when they got there, the tomb was empty. Jesus wasn't there. And they were surprised. They were sad. They were confused. They didn't know what happened to Jesus. Just like, I'm not sure what happened to this gum. But you know what? When they went in the tomb, they found the white cloths that Jesus was wrapped in laying there. Nice and flat, but Jesus wasn't there. And you know what? I guess this empty gum wrapper is an is a Easter gift that fits for Easter, doesn't it? Because it was empty, and the tomb's empty. But you know what? The tomb is empty because Jesus is alive. And that's a greater gift than we could ever get. Jesus is alive, and he offers us life with him forever. That is amazing. And you know what? I kind of tricked you guys, didn't I? That wasn't very nice. But you know what? I do have some candy to give you. If you want to stop by Next Steps after worship, I'll give, I'll give you some candy, all right? All right. That's exciting. That's better than an empty gum wrapper, isn't it? You're welcome. And you know what? I may play tricks on you, but Jesus doesn't. And so what Jesus says, we can believe. And you know what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10? He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus came for us to give us an amazing full life with him. And through faith in Jesus and what he accomplished for us through his death and his resurrection, we get to have life eternal with Jesus. And that is far greater than any candy I'll ever give you. Anything we could ever have in this world, right? All right, well, let's pray. You can fold your hands and repeat after me, Lord Jesus, you love us, you died for us, and you came to, back to life for us. We trust you and love you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up, and you can head on back to your seats. All right, as the kids make their way back, just uh, get you to do it again and again and again. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia, Christ is risen indeed. 
I joked earlier, I said to somebody, we're going to say it so many times that people are going to go, oh, I can't believe we're doing it all the time. That's really not the point. The point is this. We want what we're saying to be right here, not just at church, but wherever we go. The message of the resurrection of Jesus changes everything, you, me, and he can change the world. So take that message that we keep doing, and I'm going to tell you, we're going to do it a couple more times, it's going to happen, but that's the message that changes everything. Welcome to everyone. Welcome to our guests, especially glad you're here to celebrate the best story ever, and uh, we love having you here. I want to invite a couple of people up here. The, the message of the resurrection of Jesus is woven through the fabric of what we do as a church. All right? Now, sometimes you can see it a little bit easier, maybe, right? Like over here, we have Chris Robbins. He is really a part of the up. Part of the um, experiencing connecting with Jesus is when we come for Sunday worship, and he's got a praise team that me tell you, thank you. Every week you come and you bless us. It is incredible. So, yes. And you don't have to turn, but back in, we have a tech booth, and there's a bunch of people that often volunteer to make sure that what we do happens. So, again, they're a blessing. So just, again, if you ever are so moved and you want to get to know how to maybe get involved with some of this, please talk to Chris and us, and we'll help you. Uh, but there's more. There's more. So we talk about the up connecting with Christ, but we also talk about the in, which is connecting with each other. And this guy is not just a kid's message guy. There's, there's more to him than that. What is it? Yeah, so as director of discipleship, I get to help disciples grow in following Jesus. So we know Jesus called his disciples to come and follow him, and he would make them fishers of men. And then he sends his disciples out to go and make disciples. So I get to help connect people with each other, uh, help grow as disciples, and be equipped to be sent out to be disciples who make disciples. And we know that the resurrection power of Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit is given to us, so we are empowered to be sent out uh, as disciples who make disciples. Good. And if you ever, I mean, again, the blessing of coming together is incredible. If you haven't done that, give it a shot. C call him. Shot, shots? Yeah, give it a shots. It was unintended. Oh, well. And last but, but least, I mean, last but not least. Not least, yeah. Now, who are you? Oh, good morning, church. Randy Longacre. So if you were here during the spiritual DNA campaign, you know, we got D and N and A, and, and they kind of correspond to up, in, and out. And I'm kind of overseeing the out portion of our mission statement. Out going along with the A, advance the mission of Jesus. That is the things that go on beyond the walls of the church. And let me tell you, folks, there is a lot that 1C is already doing in the community. So my ask this morning to you is that if you have a heart for some way to touch the community, this community, this community, or this community, come see me because I would love to have a conversation with you, let you know what currently is going on, what might be on the books. Maybe you've got an idea. I'd love to talk to you about that. Right. Thank you. And, and again, there's Brittany who does children's ministry. There's others that are involved. Again, we are so blessed who, with who God has brought, and that includes you. So maybe God is tugging on your heart saying, hey, I want to get involved in this idea of taking the resurrection and making it real in lives of people. All right, just one other announcement. We're going to have communion in just a little bit. Here at 1C, we believe wholeheartedly it is bread and wine and body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So do you have to be a member of 1C? No. 
but we do ask that you, that's your belief. So if you're going to come forward with that belief, um, it's going to be a little different today. Um, on Wednesday, we had a lot of our um, compromands and some others make unleavened bread. So we're going to have that today. We're not going to have the, what we normally have every week. And we used it on Thursday when we celebrated the Seder Supper and uh, Holy Communion. It was, it's a beautiful moment. Next year, please think about it. If you didn't come, it really was powerful. So it's going to be a little different. You're going to see something, experience something different. If you desire gluten-free, please let the server know because the unleavened will have gluten in it. So, And then also when it comes for the, the wine, if you desire grape juice, let the server know. And that's going to happen in just a little bit. So maybe as we sing, start preparing your hearts for a beautiful gift that God's going to give you.
Beautiful song, great message, right? And I don't know what you're dealing with. Sometimes, you know, fear and trouble and trials come our way. And we have a Jesus who says, I'll be with you. I'm going to stick by you closer than anybody. So I hope you know that. And that's what communion is, is a time where Jesus is present and he is going to bless you and me beyond measure. In preparation for this precious gift, we're going to profess and confess what we believe about Jesus and our life with him. And let's have that up on the screen and share this together. Most merciful God, truly dust we are and to dust we shall return. Help this to be a time of contemplation, a time to begin again. As we've gone through the 40 days of Lent, help us continue to follow you and to find you in the discipline of praying and in the calling of caring. In whatever deny ourselves and whatever we set ourselves to learn or do. Help us to discover you in our loneliness and in our community, in our emptiness and our fulfillment, in our sadness and our laughter. Help us to find you when we ourselves are lost. Help us to follow you even after the journey to Jerusalem, to the waving palm of the people's hope, to their rejection, to the cross and empty tomb. Help us to perceive new growth amid the ashes of the old. Help us carrying your cross to be signs of your kingdom. Amen. And just a very short but yet uh, important reminder. Because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. There's no question about it. You confess your sins, he listens, he loves, he responds like he did on that cross at Calvary. He takes them away, and you are forgiven. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after he had supped. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue communion, we're going to have four stations today. Um, two often, you know, they're, they're over there, so we have that, but we're going to have two up here. So if you are in those sections, the outside sections, you go, you exit out towards the wall, and then you come around to be served. And if you're here, the two middle sections come up through the middle section, we'll have two stations. Again, may God bless our time together as we celebrate his love. I see broken 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Lord Jesus, your prophet Isaiah spoke these words. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. This is the glory and the beauty of Easter, redeemed by a resurrected Savior who calls us by name, calls us out of sin and darkness into his marvelous light. And it is to this one that we bring our prayers. And who but Jesus could receive these prayers and know exactly what to do with them. And so, Lord, we lift up to you a prayer for a son who's on new seizure medication. We pray that this would work well without causing a severe rash that sometimes comes with it. We make a prayer for a grandmother in Utah who isn't doing very well. We pray that you will touch and heal her. Continued strength for Coco through her battle with cancer. We ask, Lord, that you will be with her and with the doctors, strengthening family and friends, and carrying Coco in your arms. And Lord, we make a prayer this morning for a good friend and her family. This friend's mother passed away this morning and we ask that you would step deeply into that grief. Lord, we would like to pray for all the kids that are getting bullied at school so that they would know they're loved by God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for you hearing us, knowing what's in these prayers, knowing what's in our hearts this morning, listening, always listening, always ready to respond. And so we close out our prayer time praying together as a community of faith that prayer you gave us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, the night before Easter, there's so many things that run through my mind and heart. And like last night, I'm just, I'm just trying to go to bed, and I'm thinking, I'm pondering, I'm, I'm wondering, what should I wear on Easter? <laughs> I know, it's a dilemma. And so this morning, I mean, last night I had a really good idea. I, I bought this new shirt in Jamaica when we went to our godson's wedding. And it was like yellow. It was like, wow. And I'm like, so I put it on this morning. I'm like, 
oh my goodness, that might, you know, shock some people. So I didn't choose that. And I also, I don't do a tie often, so I don't have any clip-ons. So I had to figure out, could I do a tie? So I did, so you, you could, you know, I had a lot of comments like, wow, you wear a tie? Yeah, once in a while, maybe Easter. I really was wondering if I should wear my white cowboy boots. Back in Tucson, a member of the church, before an Easter, like, I don't know, about two weeks before, it, they finally came in, they ordered them from, like, Mexico, and they came, and he was so excited, and he wanted me to have these pair of cowboy boots. I'm just going to describe them to you, because I think the description's going to be really good. They are absolutely white, white, and it, the, the, you know those little, the toe ones that come out, like, way out? You know, where you can actually maybe kill a cockroach in the corner? That kind of boot? That was the kind of boot. And I, you know, out of honoring him, I wore, him, wore them to one of the services on Easter. They were the most uncomfortable things ever. So, so pastors have dilemmas too, right? Well, I'm going to go back now to 53 years. Oh, wait, actually, hallelujah, Christ is risen. I almost forgot that. Now, I'm going to go back in 50, 53 years from now. I had um, a dilemma, and I had a situation. So I'm going to literally walk over here and just picture that I'm about eight years old, okay? I know that's not hard for you to imagine because I sometimes act like that. All right. I don't know if you can see. I, I have a, a cereal bowl. And there, there's this moment where it's time to eat. I'm the youngest of four, probably the smartest, brightest, and best looking of the four as well. And um, two of my siblings are older, like 10 years, 12 years older, but I have, a, I have a brother who's a year and a half older than me. And you could just picture an eight and a nine, nine and a half year old sometimes at odds. And so we'd be sitting for... For breakfast, right? And what do I do? I'm mad, and I don't want to deal with them. So you do the good old eat behind a box of cereal thing. Don't get engaged with anybody. And I'm eating. But that wasn't good enough. So you had to have a second. I mean, you got to have a bigger wall when you're really mad. And that wouldn't be enough. So then you go three. And that wouldn't even be enough. I would grab whatever I can to build a wall and a fortress. And then I'm back here. This is really cool. I thought, well, my dad, who had a sense of humor, remember, he's a cop. And often he's law-oriented, but he, he would have a sense of humor. One day, he then took the box, cut out certain things, and put it on the table with my food in it and said, here you go. Just eat there. Pretty ridiculous, don't you think? Walls. How many of you ever experienced a wall? Emotionally and or physically, right? And if you haven't experienced a wall physically, wow, I don't know how you do that. Like in Arizona, we had um, walls in the backyard made of like cinder blocks. And, you know, you couldn't really, I mean, your neighbor was outside of that. And it was supposed to also keep away varmints like snakes. Didn't always work. So someday I'll tell you the story about uh, 
our living room couch and a snake. Just think about what that could be like, a rattlesnake. Anyway, where did walls begin? Anybody know where the first wall began? Where? Jericho. I w that's really a good guess. I'm going to go back further. And uh, I'll just go over here. And here's the, what I think is the first wall. Remember Adam and Eve? They were told, don't eat from the, gar uh, the tree in the garden, because if you eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, you're going to die. They ate from the tree. God sent them out. And then put an angel wall, so to speak, so they could not come back into the Garden of Eden. That's the first wall we hear of. And it was the consequence to their behavior. But the good news is, remember, God didn't just say, okay, too bad, you're out of the garden, I don't care about you. No, he did. Because we find the first gospel promise where he says, I'm going to do something about it. And then time keeps going, and then we have uh, Christmas, and now we have, you know, we had Good Friday, we have Easter. God is very serious about his relationship with people. But ever since then, and we can go through, like, I think Jericho is a great story, but let's bring it more con contemporary, some of the walls that people experience. So here's one. Anybody know what this one is? Yep, the Great Wall of China built, I don't know, everyone has different times, 7th century B.C., maybe, who knows? Took a long time to build, and it was 13,171 miles long. And if you want to put it in perspective, New York to L.A., so just our United States, 2,775 miles. So if a wall went all the way across, that doesn't even match what was done. Wow. And it was to protect themselves from invasions of the barbarians. All right, the next one. Anybody know what this one is? It's not standing anymore. What? Berlin Wall, built in the, the great year of 1961. My birth year. Yep, it was to keep people in East Germany. They were flooding. They were leaving. Things weren't good in East Germany. So um, Russia suggested you should build a wall and keep them in. Uh, next one. This one might be a little harder for you to... Anybody know this one? That was silent at the first service too. This is the wall between Israel and Palestine. Built around 2002, Israel built... for for security against all their enemies. And if you follow history, Israel has been involved in so much turmoil from the time of the Old Testament to right now. And as we look into prophecy, right, it, it's kind of a piece of this prophecy. So, wow. And then uh, how about this one? Anybody know this one? Where? Southern border of the United States, yep, between the United States and Mexico. And I'll just tell you, I have really mixed emotions about that border. So I'm not getting political. I just know there are people that are hurting in Mexico. And then there are also some people that shouldn't come over and do what they do. But I'll tell you, when we lived in Tucson, sometimes people would say, hey, can we go see the border? Okay. So we drive 90 miles, we get down to the border, and we walk over there, and they look at the wall and go, okay. And then you get in the car and they walk away. I mean... Walls, all kinds of walls, and not physical, just physical. How about this one? Here's a wall. You can advance it, please. There we go. I meet with people often that have a vocational wall. 
They're either looking for a job or they're in a job that just isn't doing it for them. And so they struggle. Next picture. Financial wall. I'll just tell you the number one argument when it comes to marriages and couples is finances. Money. And there's a battle that often kind of wages war. Next one. Relationship walls. It's not easy, right? There are two family systems that come together, and we call it marriage. And sometimes it comes together really easily and beautiful, but sometimes there's a lot of bumps. Sometimes it's painful bumps. Sometimes it's bumps that cause you to say, I don't want to do this anymore. So it's just real, okay? Next picture. Health. You name it, right? And I'm looking out here without saying names. I know some of you are dealing with health issues. Some of you are dealing with big health issues. That can be a wall. That can be difficulty. And the last picture, mortality, right? It happens. It's called death, right? There's two things that we know for sure that's going to happen, right? Death and taxes. It's just something that's part of life. It's a wall. I'm just going to briefly tell you so I'm, I'm careful. On Friday, I hit a wall. So it was Good Friday service. About 6.15, I came up here to make sure things are kind of going the way they need to go. And I'm reading through Psalm 31. Read through it, please. It's, it's a psalm, it's a messianic psalm that talks about what the Messiah is going to go through. But when you go through the list, it's like things that you and me go through. And as I was reading it, I was feeling it because I'm going through some of these things. I literally hit a wall. It was hard for me to do the service. Saturday was very difficult. Somebody saw me in tears. And that person then called the elders of the church. And they came. And they prayed over me. Have you hit a wall like that ever? Here is somebody who's going to preach about the resurrection of Jesus Christ hitting a wall. I'm so thankful that the people came, they prayed, and I'll say it was an ultimate reminder that the resurrection means everything. Really, everything. You know, again, why, why walls? I mean, we can go back to the garden, but, you know, Paul t touches on it. He says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death. So it, we really are all bumping into it all differently. You're all, you all have a different story, but we bump into it. And we bump into it, and we will bump into it until we get to heaven. And we need a constant reminder that, hallelujah, Christ is risen.
I am not convinced. You know, there are times in our life that we need to be reminded, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Okay, I got your back. This is good. All right. Uh, I'm going to walk you through some scriptures. Uh, context. Lazarus is not doing well. Lazarus is dying. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, they are disturbed by what's going on. They're just, they're in, they hit a wall. And here's what, let's, let's put that up there if you would. Jesus said to her, to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And what an important question for Martha to ponder and to wrestle with. And then we find that Lazarus rises again. That's really cool and it's all confirmed. But I want to bring it to 2023. I want to bring it to my brothers and sisters who are gathered here. And I'm going to ask the same question that Jesus asked. Because this question is going to be a matter of heaven or hell. It is going to be a matter of either peace or turmoil forever. And you don't have to answer out loud. But do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus suffered, died on a cross, and rose on the third day? Do you believe this? It is a matter of life and death. It is a matter of the glory of heaven forever. It's also believing it in a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, I had my supervisor for my Vicarage internship year said, Jim, if there wasn't heaven, would you still believe? I don't know if you've ever pondered that. I waited a week because he said, let's do it at our next meeting. And I came back and I said, yes, I would because Knowing Jesus is with me every single day of my life gives me peace and hope and joy. Heaven is just like the icing on the cake. So do you believe in this Jesus? Now, Paul, he once again really puts it in front of you. He doesn't leave any room for doubt. And that, let's put that Titus passage up there. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And then he repeats it. He says, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He saved us. Because here's what happens. The walls you have, you may not be able to deal with. Like the ultimate wall, which is you're going to die someday, just so you know. It's going to happen. And you can't do anything about it. And that's where Jesus steps in and says, you know what? If you want life that goes beyond, you want even life right here, right now, believe it. Receive it. Welcome it. And live by that. Some of you know my story. I'd only sometimes go Christmas and Easter and not always even both. I wasn't living it. I wasn't believing it. It wasn't affecting my day in and day out. It wasn't affecting my 24-7. So that question, do you believe this, is really important. So let's go to Mark chapter 16. Afterward, so this is a post-resurrection thing. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them. 
for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. So here are the followers of Jesus, those 11, the close, right? And they were having a hard time believing it. So I get it. I mean, I literally really got it on Good Friday. I was struggling. Is this resurrection real, and how does it change my life? And I, I lost sight of that. And so I'm with you, brothers and sisters. It happens. But isn't it great that God continues to pursue us? Isn't it great that God loves us, and he will never give up on us, even if we get distracted and busy like the disciples? They were sitting, they were eating. Who knows what they're talking about? Maybe the matzah is too hard or too soft. I don't know. The remainder of this. And so, so once he got their attention, he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And here's the message. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This is the message we need to hear. And I'm hoping that you have it right here. Up here, it's good. Down here is great. 18-inch drop from head to heart, it changes everything. It changes everything. And then, I love this, Jesus says, take it and go bring it. And so what's the message? Alleluia, Christ is risen. Yep. Now, you could say that, you might not get a response from somebody at Hy-Vee. I'm sorry. But you can live the resurrected life. You can live as if Christ is risen in your relationships, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, enemies, yes, enemies. You can live the resurrected life. And it means everything. It changes lives. I came across a Christmas, I'm sorry, I'm tired. Easter creed, we're a different holiday. This Easter creed is a wow. I didn't write it, but boy, it hit me right in my heart. So I'm going to ask you to stand and join with me in sharing the Easter creed. Together, I believe in the God of Easter morning who awakes us from our darkest dreams and leads us into light of a new day, who meets our pessimism with stunning hope of angelic proclamation believe in the God of Easter Day, who beats us to the obstacles in our lives and empties the dark tomb for us, who appears in surprising ways when we least expect it, walking with us on our detours. I believe in the of Easter evening, who breaks into our closets and prisons, bringing peace and crushing our fear. I believe in the risen Lord, who meets us with wounds on his hands and feet, who grants us his spirit, sending us out to bring shalom to the world. Amen. One day when heaven 
Go in peace and serve the Lord. Yeah, living he loved Who else could stand beside me?